0: So, this morning we celebrate Trinity Sunday, which is one of the few feasts of the liturgical year that celebrates a reality and a doctrine rather than an event. On Trinity Sunday, we give glory and praise to God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three divine and distinct beings, and at the same time, one true God. While all three persons are certainly found throughout the Bible, the word Trinity never appears in the Old or the New Testament. Rather, it was first coined in the late 2nd century by Tertullian, who was considered the father of the Latin Church. It later was instituted by Pope Gregory IX in 828, but it still was another 500 years before the celebration of Trinity Sunday was made universal by Pope John XXII. And throughout all the centuries, countless of volumes have been written on this doctrine of three beings, one God. In trying to describe what the Trinity is like, we've been hindered by our own language and therefore have to revert to metaphors, the most popular being the one St. Patrick used, shamrock, clover, three leaves, one stem. If you're like Ernie, maybe you like the metaphor of three separate notes being played on an instrument, yet one harmonic chord. But what if we pause this morning we stopped looking at God as a noun, and rather considered God as a verb. Now, before you report me to Bishop David, not that he gets letters on me or anything, what I propose is nothing that is original or heretical. Actually, it's rooted in our faith. It was the third century that the Greek fathers used the word paraclaresis to explain the trinity. And the best translation for that Greek word is to dance. The way that the early Christians looked at the three persons in God is that whatever was going on in God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's like a dance. And God is not the dancer, but rather, God is the dance itself. When I studied organic chemistry years ago up at Scranton, we believed many lectures... I spent many lectures on the fact that besides the inherent energy in the atom, there's a great amount of energy that exists between them. That is molecular energy that comes from the dance or the flow of the atoms. So too, the Greek fathers did not necessarily focus on the pyramidal trinity that many of us grew up with. You know, God at the top, the old man with the gray beard, and then Jesus you know, to his right in the blue robes, the blonde hair, and that Holy Spirit who's a dancing flame with a dove, whichever one you like. But their metaphor dealt with a circular sense of flow and of movement, of love between the Father who generates, the Son who is begotten, and the Holy Spirit who proceeds. Part of the reason God sent forth his Son is so that we would know that we are the ones who are invited into this divine flow. So rather than banging our heads against the wall to try to understand this mystery of Trinity, wouldn't it be easier if we just joined in the flow? See, this flow starts at the very beginning of our Christian life, at baptism, as those waters are poured over our head in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. As many of you know, this past week, we buried our beloved deacon, Joe, And it was here on January 12th, the feast of the baptism of the Lord, that Joe stood where I'm standing and he gave his last homily, where he spoke eloquently about this sacred flow that we're called called to join. So this is what Deacon Joe had to say to us. You know that to step out into the living water is to make a commitment to submit your will to God's will. The power of the river shows that this is not a trivial commitment. After baptism, you're no longer in complete control of your life, any more than you can control the river. When you go in, you know who you are, but who exactly will you be when you come out? It's exciting and a bit scary to imagine that God might lead you to different places. Imagine your joy if you could trust God well enough to overcome your natural reservations and to take the plunge. No one could ever doubt that Joe took that plunge time and time again. Joe joined in that flow and encouraged us to do the same. But what does that flow look like? As the father of four sons on this Father's Day, the best example that I can give you But what this flow looks and feels like is when you look into the face of an 18-month-old toddler. See, they're at that age where they haven't reached the terrible twos where they say those no's that block the flow. Rather, when you make eye contact with them and they smile at you and they look at you, you can't help but sense and feel God's flow through you. Perhaps that's why Christ said that we need to be like children to enter the kingdom of God. We need to let go of what we hold on to and to take that sacred plunge and to join in the flow. But how do we do that? I think St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians that we just heard gives us one formula when he writes, mend your ways, encourage one another, agree with one another, live in peace so that the love and peace of God lives in you, where, in other words, flows through. You. Then lastly, how do we remember to do all this? Easy, use yoga. I know, yoga has a number of connotations that come to our minds, but specifically and literally, yoga means movements that unite. And actually, there's a yoga movement that each of us does just about every day of our life. And sometimes, me included, this yoga becomes very perfunctory. So let me introduce you to this spiritual yoga that can be a reminder of this Trinitarian flow. See the movement, that starts at our head, where most of us spend our time, all in the thinking and the rationalizing and the justifying but then we move from the head, and we pull it down, our hand down to our belly, to our gut. We flow across the chest, across our heart, across the line, across all of God's creation. And then we cross from one shoulder to another, taking in all of ourselves, all of our variety. It comes with our individuality, and we take our whole being in the God indwelling, and we wrap it all inside this body movement of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Indeed, an incredible prayer through movement. What's most amazing, though, about this Trinitarian flow that we mark on our bodies, it has nothing to do with us, meaning that the flow is always there, filled with mercy, always present, and available to everyone, without exceptions. All we have to do is be like that 18 month old toddler and be open and to allow it to happen but it's so hard for us to let go of our hurts and our anger and our losses and our pains but remember when Christ healed the lame and the sick and the sinner there's no shame there's no judgment there's no exclusions Christ simply asked what do you want and they, he said, do you want to be forgiven? And the people would answer yes. And he would touch them. And the flow would begin. Freely given. It's so when we try to exclude others and ourselves through hatred, through deceit, through a cold spirit. And put up barriers that block everybody. That we end up blocking the flow of God. And thus the nature of sin is realized. on this Trinity Sunday we can continue to try to understand that which is pure mystery or we can simply let go and give thanks and praise to our God who loves us and is present to us and who invites us to join God's flow God's dance God's love God's movement God Father, Son and Spirit for we are a people called to be a part of the flow that moves through us with us, in us, and between us. See, changing the image of God from noun to a verb may change your viewpoint that you have on the Trinity. But changing the way you live your life, from being a spectator to one who takes that sacred plunge in order to join in God's divine flow, now that is something that will change your life forever.